having an unscripted chat about uh, stuff in the world and having a look in to see if Jesus is relevant to it at all. Today, we're going to talk about the phenomena of true crime podcasts and their incredible popularity. Mm-hmm. And we're also going to discuss um, the current hype around the app Be Real and see, let's see where the conversation takes us. Great. So I am Alice and we're going to start by thinking a little bit about true crime podcasts. So I wanted to ask you both, do you listen to true crime? What's your experience been of true crime podcasts? Absolutely not. (laughs) I've never even listened to one. So I don't know how much I can weigh in on this conversation. Not a single one ever. Not a single one ever. I just feel like I don't watch scary movies. I have watched them, but they just give me nightmares that I just put it in the same category. And I listen to lots of podcasts as I'm falling asleep, but I'm like, that's a recipe for disaster. <laughs> that's going to feed your dreams. What about you, Laura? Uh, well, I actually resonate a little bit with that in terms of I find things scary easily. And so I avoid that type of content. But I did listen to the podcast Serial, which has really just come back in the news in the last week or so, um, which came out, I think it was about eight years ago and was really like the starting point for true crime podcasts. And I did find it extremely compelling, even though it was kind of eerie and unsettling and a bit dark in places. But I think that's the main thing, either podcast or um, TV show, because there's also like lots of true crime TV shows as well, but I, I can't really get into them. Yeah, I feel like that was the first podcast I ever heard of. Like bef- to know even what podcasts were, I remember people talking about Serial. Yes, and I remember listening to it downloaded on an iPod. It wasn't on an app or anything like that. That's how you know retro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so you used the word Laura compelling um, uh-huh. about Serial. Yeah. What do you think it was about that particular podcast that you found hooked you in? Well, I feel like what it's been kind of acclaimed for is the power in the crafting of the storytelling like the suspense was quite well done not just in terms of the whodunit but bits of information being kind of drip fed and also the reality that there was some stuff happening a bit in real time in the production of it and so things that were like hinted at or teased about and then you're like, what's going to happen with that? And, and you know, you actually followed um, the journalist's journey to, to kind of figure all that out. And so I think that was quite compelling. And um, I think just as like a general member of the public, it's not something I'd ever thought about before, like how complicated it is to deal with all the proceedings and trying to figure out what's true is just such a like hard task sometimes and so I, th- I feel like that was all quite compelling but also extremely devastating stuff mm. that it was about as well yeah it's interesting you mentioned that interplay with reality because mm. we've also seen in Australia recently the Chris Dawson case get picked up and him recently get convicted after the teacher's pet podcast did to that? I did listen I don't even know if I got all the way to the end because I think oh, they right. got they added extra episodes on. Oh, yeah. I found it very disturbing um, and also that it had a very strong angle, even more than right. serial, right. I thought. Yeah. But I do wonder whether you're onto something there about the crossover with reality. By consuming entertainment, we're also feeling like, like we're connected to what's happening in the real world or making mm-hmm. some kind of a difference or justice crusade. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Do you think that that's an element? Well, certainly there are, you know, 
I feel like it sort of brings people together where they're like, what do you think? Or did you hear the thing? Like, what's your take on that? And it's an access into kind of bits of information and yeah, like stuff that normally most people wouldn't have connection with. And so I feel like that draws people in and then you kind of, you know, it's a source for like a water cooler chat or in your mm. friend text group to kind of be like, what do you think? Mm. Or, um, Which is so crazy. I guess that's kind of interesting. That's crazy to me in some ways because almost the same description you've used to describe reality TV shows, which I happily watch, but I almost feel weirder about crime being entertainment because of the darkness in it. And there's a lot of darkness to be in reality TV. But yeah, I almost feel like that idea, like I get, I totally get that people like a story and they like, that's why it's entertainment that captivating of like being part of a story that's not your own real life and there's a real element to it and people love being in another world that's not in their own but the darkness of it what is like drawing about that you know have you seen the um there's like memes online on the internet (laughs) where it'll be like you know, a woman had a hard day at work, just wants some alone time, blah, blah, blah. And the way she unwinds is watch true crime documentary. <laughs> and like, what twisted thing is going mm. on, basically, mm. that it's become a kind of leisure mm. activity? I feel like that is a very live question. Why is this considered entertainment? It is kind of interesting to have it alongside sort of growing social discourse as well about um, crimes that haven't been properly acknowledged before, like, intimate partner violence and all that sort of stuff which is connected to plenty of these stories um and no one thinks that's funny or amusing at all but there's something about being packaged in a certain way that compartmentalizes it a bit or something yeah what do you think Alice? i well i think the underlying question there is is it okay to watch and listen to and consume true true crime which to be honest isn't something i've thought heaps about before or heaps Mm. deeply about because as you explain it, it feels like it's easy to say, no, that's not okay. Because um, you're kind of adding, you've got no expertise to add. You yeah. weren't there. Um, but it's almost an invasive thing to be in someone else's life and something that's been so devastating to families and communities. Um, and we've kind of numbed ourselves, I think, yeah. to that. It almost feels to me like in the category of, um, yeah, like violent interacting with violent video games yes. or something or violent yeah. films where you numb yourself to that yeah. in the name yeah. of entertainment. I don't know. What do you think, Anne? I think I don't want to judge anyone that watches or listens to them just yeah, because yeah, yeah. I we don't. We know that you love reality. Too. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I know, and I feel... Thank you. <laughs> um, uh, but I do... I don't know, maybe some of the, like, the idea of evil or the darkness behind someone might there's something interesting in like what's happening in like the human psyche and how someone is thinking in maybe a way that's like relatable like maybe all of us are kind of not immune to crime but it goes crime podcasts go beyond that kind of stealing something at a shop to kind of something further that maybe there is that kind of relatability or that like full non-relatability of just like, I could never do that. I want to understand what goes on in somebody's mind that could 
commit these crime kind of crimes. I think that the the distance is what makes it approachable in right. a way. Surely, because if if it felt really close, you just think that's so painful. How mm. could you? Um, kind of use that as like this is my switch off material or like this is what I listened to while I was doing the dishes I think it, it I feel like it can only work if it feels distant mm. I don't know in like that shocking way like do you think we get a kind of kick out of it, the shock of evil Ooh, um I don't know I guess I guess there's a bit of a fascination, perhaps, but I I I think the desensitizing or like numbing mm. question is a good thing to ask because in like your earlier question asked about is it okay, I feel like well yeah you can't really say no it's not okay you are not mm. allowed to listen to mm. true crime, but there is something that makes me feel like why do we think this is just so entertaining mm. or um have we cut ourselves off from an appropriate wanting to, uh, you know, or or an appropriate repulsion Mm, or something mm. like that. Mm. Although, I mean, maybe it kind of makes good and evil a bit more black and white or, Mm. you know, like I could never be like this person or, Mm. um, but yeah, because of that distance you were talking about. And I think there is something that we want to put good and evil into boxes Mm. And at the same time, we recognise that it's grey because we see light and dark in ourselves. And, um, yeah, I wonder if that's, a, a, yeah, connected to thinking about, yeah, the seeing the good and bad in other people and, um, yeah. <laughs> well, I think about other stories that we take in and just because they're not labelled crime, there's mm. still really dark stuff that happens in them and whether that's a piece of kind of creative fiction or it's reality TV or some other form of like reporting or expanding on like historical understanding or things like that. Um, there's lots of things that we take for entertainment, which as a Christian, I think about why, like what's it doing to me? Is this kind of making me more sensitive and alert and attentive to what other people might experience that helps me have an empathy and mm. um kind of takes me out of my own perspective and bias and that's a really important helpful thing for learning how to love Mm. my neighbor and see God's heart for different things in the world or do I get a kick out of voyeurism of being able to judge other people look down Mm. on them or things like that and to say that's like not a neutral activity that's going to form a habit in my heart or change my reflexes a bit Mm. in the way I respond to people or relate to an idea or things like that so I think for me it it is a helpful question to reflect on to say, why am I taking this in? What what What's it doing to me? How's it molding me? But it's really not just about the stuff labelled crime. There's so many different places. But there is something to me, especially um, crimes where you just see people so disregard the value of another human life. Like that is, that's awful. Like that has to be objectively awful. Um, even if there is a lesson to learn or something to reflect on. And I do feel a bit uncomfortable with it in the entertainment category sometimes. I also think that um, often there in this kind of emerging emerging genre, there's not a clear black and white answer. Mm-hmm. And I feel quite conflicted as it enters the real world and there's real convictions that really impact people's lives, thinking, I just wish I could actually know. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what keeps you listening because you want to know, is there more evidence? Is there something out there that's beyond a reasonable doubt? And I think as a Christian person – it's very comforting to me to know that God does know 
what exactly what happened and exactly the guilt that people carry and um, that he will bring that ultimately to justice. Um, but I think maybe it is a very human instinct to want to follow that down and pursue that justice and to know all the things that went into that and make your own judgment on that. Yeah. It's beautiful, guys. Thanks for those reflections. Um, the next thing on a totally different <laughs> note <laughs> I want to talk about is an app that's gaining a lot of popularity, at least in my kind of circles at the moment, uh, called Be Real. Be Real was a French kind of social media app that was released in 2020, but it only feels like it's kind of gaining popularity now. Maybe there's something to that post-pandemic we're all actually doing things. <laughs> um, but the I ad- definitely feel like I only heard about it about a month ago. Mm. So I feel way yeah. the time. Yeah. <laughs> the idea of Be Real is that if you don't have it and you're a listener, um, is that you share a photo at a specific time. So you get a little notification that says this is the time and you post a photo of what's happening at that moment. And everyone on the app gets that notification at the same time. At the same time. At the moment, it's Australia's most downloaded app, which is interesting. It's on the app. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And a big part of it is this idea of authenticity, moving away from traditional kind of social media platforms that maybe don't value authenticity as much. Um, And you get a front... Um, photo as well as what's happening in your other you I guess you have to have an iPhone of some sort to kind of two cameras yeah two cameras one side and the other side um Uh, I think other companies also make that sort of (laughs) (laughs) this is enlightening (laughs) for me I'm gonna get sued for defamation by (laughs) (laughs) why do you think the idea behind this app of like authenticity is becoming more and more important for people. Well, the person who introduced me to this, um, a woman I work with, and she's like, it's so much more fun. It's just less kind of pretense. And um, also, I mean, another function of the app is that you kind of go through everyone's posts after they've got this alert and they've shared something and then sort of clears the deck a bit. And so there's not like endless scrolling. Mm. And so it's like, it's just, it's, it's so much more contained and less, um, kind of commercialized, less curated, less kind of shooting for this, um, fake fakeness really, which I guess is the inverted way of saying, you know, more authentic. Um, and she's like, it's just a fun insight into people's lives. Actually, it's way more kind of everyday and kind of boring stuff in a way, but also kind of connecting in that sense as well. She's really trying to get me on it. (laughs) I feel generally a bit skeptical because I feel like there's always movement in apps and you know this is kind of what snapchat was doing Mm. um where it's a bit more real it's fast it's like not lasting and then you had instagram stories and maybe be real is kind of complementing or adding an element to social media that felt was a bit lacking um but it's still part of the like smorgasbord of all the different apps and they're all going to kind of iterate and change to make profit and <laughs> capture attention I think so be more real why else do you think people like it well I am not on it but it does appeal to me because um I was thinking about this earlier today I was like am I just a sticky beak and mm-hmm. you know I enjoy 
for like visual media apps like Instagram. Um, but definitely will acknowledge that it's a way more curated and selective and all that sort of thing. Uh, and this friend of mine has it. She's like, it's fun because you just see like, um, you know, what people are watching on TV that night or what they made for dinner or who they hang out with. And I was like, well, that sounds fun. I just, <laughs> I'm curious about the details of people's lives, even if they're like high, high moments. So I'm just like, that's cool. Um, so I think that is a bit appealing to just do more like journeying through life together. But it does raise the question for me of, would you have a more select crew that you share this app experience with than other things? And that's what I was thinking because the longer that you've had Instagram or whatever other app, the more followers you accumulate and the less maybe you feel like you're in a safe space. But maybe with Be Real, you can kind of curate that space. It feels a bit more intimate. And also maybe it feels a bit closer to connecting with people in real time. Like it captures something of the messiness and, and you were saying authenticity, but also just the humanness of life. Like, yeah, I'm in bed or yeah, I'm working from home or it's not, um, yeah, it's a bit more authentic, but also capturing that real human life experience that other apps might not capture quite as. Yeah, well, I mean, it sounds like lots of potential for very unglamorous things, basically, mm-hmm. which is what a lot of life is for. That kind of annoys me, though, because <laughs> I kind of feel like, what if I was doing something really fun and then the notification doesn't go off until I've, like, got home and I'm unpacking the dishwasher? <laughs> like, be real. Yeah. <laughs> what we would say. That kind of reminds me of, I don't know if you guys got into one second a day mm-hmm. where you take a... Um, second footage each day and at the end of the year it compiles it and you get this video of oh that's what my year looked like which is really cool to watch back over but I think sometimes people kind of game the system and if they've had a boring day but they've had a really exciting day the day before they put you know they spread it out so it looks like right so it looks like every day is really action-packed and I think maybe that's something actually appealing about be real that it's harder to game (laughs) although probably not impossible you still you know invite all your friends around quick quick um but yes maybe there's something refreshing about that being a bit more I think authenticity is a high value in our culture and um, being a bit more authentic, that feels like something people want to get involved with. What's a curious a curiosity about it for me is in that pursuit of authenticity, if it just leads to a lot more um, banality in a way where you're like, oh, yeah, I was just stacking the dishwasher when this went off or, um, yeah, I'm – 45 minutes into a study session or whatever and you go, oh, okay, that's not very interesting. Um, (laughs) Whether at that point we lose interest, kind of go, we're interested in authenticity that looks cool, you know, and I feel like that is a pressure in our culture that authenticity is good also if it's, like, impressive. Um, If you're just authentic and kind of a dork or not very interesting, then, you know, how long does our interest last, basically? So do you think the popularity of this app could just die down or do you think it will take over kind of other apps that we have and we'll like stop using Instagram and start using Be Real? Oh, I mean, can I like Predict. make money out of this prediction? <laughs> I, have no, I have no idea. I have no idea. I'm not on Be Real. I've sort of been forced to participate in Be Real by the people I've seen next to you and their notification goes off. But um, I don't know. I feel like it will definitely keep going up for a little while at least. It does remind me of um, when uh, we had COVID lockdown last year. I had a couple of sets of friends that we had like a small group chat with maybe like three or four people in. And 
uh, we had a goal for a short time during lockdown that each weekend we'd send just like a little photo essay of our week. And so maybe like be like six or seven or eight photos. But because it was, it was sort of a way to try and sort of be there for each other while we were going through lockdown and be like, what's actually going on for you? But you know, sometimes like writing a long text is just a bit of a drag and people don't always like talking on the phone. So this was meant to be kind of a fun way to do that. But because we were all in lockdown, there weren't like thrilling, sexy, exciting things (laughs) of our lives to show. So it was very everyday, but it was interesting because they were good friends of mine, but it was stuff that normally I never would have talked with them about. Mm. And I actually felt like it did become a kind of type of sharing of life that was kind of, it was real and um, became a bit precious, but it was a very specific mode. So um, being like, oh, that's what your morning coffee routine looks like. I just didn't know that. And obviously that's not like a really deep insight into personality, but it's just like interesting. Mm. And I get to know that about you now. We've shared Mm. that. And so that does appeal to me about Mm. the be real idea to be like, oh yeah, just sort of understand a bit more of the texture of your daily life, Mm. even when it's not that thrilling. And I think that maybe that is kind of hitting um, the nail on the head, as they say. Um, That is what people are craving, that Be Real is meeting a gap that some of the other social medias aren't tapping into about maybe being vulnerable, being known, um, being able to, yeah, share a little bit of what real life looks like. And I think that goes beyond just social media. I think that's a deep desire of most human people that they want to, they crave to know, um, be known and to have other people know them and to feel like you can connect with all the aspects of your life. Um, And I feel that as a Christian, that's something that we can easily go to other people for, but um, ultimately God is the one that will know us most fully and um, kind of not cast that um, value judgment based on how glamorous our life looks that day or whether the highlight was captured on our reel or whatever it is. Yeah, well, it is an interesting question about kind of social media. How much does it facilitate actual connection and knownness anyway? And obviously Be Real is trying to break down the, the false projections that other apps and stuff can facilitate. But I think that is a helpful point, Al, about none of this will actually ultimately meet that kind of desire and need that's hardwired into us fully, which God does. He made us that way. He's able to meet that need. And also I think when you look at Jesus, he sort of leads us in the path of how to love others well. And he didn't need an app to do that. So um, not that that makes apps like wrong or pointless or anything like that, but to kind of not feel like our relationships are contingent on these things. What is that like for you guys to have a relationship with God that you do feel fully known and also fully accepted? I think it can be hard to remember sometimes that God relates to us differently to other people. You just get in such a habit of how do my relationships with other people go and project that onto God. And so um, I know I have these moments where I have to remember like God is different. God is greater. He's higher. He's steadfast, all those things. Um, So I feel like it can be easy to slip out of that pattern. But I just think of, um, you know, obviously the fact that Jesus came in the flesh, that he died for me, that he's alive now, he knows me. That is very reassuring when you feel frustrated, either because of a specific moment, like interpersonal moment or in a relationship that doesn't go the way you hope it will, or 
like, Jesus actually knows what's going on for me and that's really comforting. He can hear me now if I talk to him. Um, so I feel like there's lots of relief and reassurance there and pretty amazing being like, okay, if Jesus knew, knows me so well and hasn't always known me so well and also still sacrificed himself for me, there's less threat of like, doesn't matter if he likes my Instagram post or not, you know, like Jesus is shown his care for me and that's a, that's a sure anchored fact. So I think that's very reassuring, relieving. Mm, and I think also, um, yeah, I really relate to that, feeling that freedom and also feeling seen, knowing that, um, yeah, I, I think sometimes we're really trying to express ourselves on social media and in relationships with people, but to know that God sees my frustrations and he knows how I've responded to things. I don't need to come at I don't need to respond to my feelings of insecurity or anxiety or whatever um, to try and prove something to other people when I know that God has kind of validated and seen me first. But that is obviously way easier to say and much harder to remember. Um, So it feels like a lifelong lesson and also um, done in community with other people, reminding you and pointing things out to you and encouraging you. Yeah. What about you, Anne? Oh, Great. Um, I, yeah, I think the idea of being authentic, I feel like the older I've got and just the more comfortable in my skin I've got with other people, I feel less worried about what I share on social media or what my friends know about my life. But there's definitely still things that I experience shame about that are not even like, couldn't even be captured in a (laughs) B-reel. Um, And that's just not like embarrassing things that you could never share a photo of, but like things that go on in my mind and my heart that are not photographable. Is that a word? Yeah. (laughs) Um, uh, But I think even that, like that, there's something about be real that people want that connection and to be seen, like you said, Al, and to be able to be authentic. And I know that desire is there in me and God gets to see those things I'm that I experience shame about and still loves me, I think goes beyond any app. But <laughs> still curious about the be real. Kinda <laughs> like it. Kinda like the concept and the idea. Well, and you've sort of um stumbled into it for a little bit of a trial, so you're gonna have to report back yeah, on well. um, how it goes. I reflecting on that, let's ask a final question for the pod today, uh, which is very closely related. And my question for you both is what is your most used app or your favorite app and why? Um, mine is definitely podcasts. I listen I to podcasts say- all the time, just whenever I can and it's great. I agree. Well, although it does seem a bit like a self-promotion at this point, like our oh, podcast, the best app, oh. <laughs> everyone should be listening. <laughs> well, I have been wondering recently because I don't know if you have phones that ping up how much time you've spent on them on a Sunday or a Monday. iPhones, iPhones do that. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder how much of that time, like is podcast time included? Because if so, I feel way less bad about how high the number gets. <laughs> also wondered about the recipe for calculating yes yes but otherwise I think um probably Facebook marketplace has just had a resurgence in my popularity scrolling through trying to sell things so yeah I would 
would or? say, um, well, I feel now like I want to be cool and say podcast, but <laughs> I don't know. I have to say at a practical level, Maps has got me out of a lot of time. <laughs> so I think I would. Google or Apple? Um, I switch between it actually. Oh, I'm very undisciplined. Whoa. I know, I know, I know. That's a controversial approach, but I just, <laughs> I don't really think that hard about it. And then I'm like, am I in the right app? I don't know. But um, it's not a very exciting option, but I definitely do use maps a lot. Okay. I do also, um, yeah, I do like podcasts. I listen to Spotify quite a bit from my phone app. Mm. And I guess just a good old text now and then. It's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Love it. Thanks for sharing, gals. And thanks, lookers, for listening in. <laughs> we love you out there. And we're excited that you've subscribed to our show. If you haven't, jump in so you don't miss the random episodes whenever they drop. <laughs> um, and if you have feedback or if there's something that you're like, oh, I just really want them to chat about this thing, <laughs> you can send us an email now at alookin.pod at gmail.com. So send us an email. We'd love to hear from you. That'd be so exciting. And can't wait till next time. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.